0: What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. Today, I'm going to tell you about the FDA and many other agencies that have had a long and protracted battle to cover up the cure for cancer. So I'm going to tell you guys about some of these cures. And let me just say right off the bat, because people are fucking morons. I'm not a doctor. I'm not diagnosing, nor am I prescribing shit to you. I'm just telling you about the FDA suppressing cures that could actually help thousands of people. But before all that, one of our listeners sent me some information about the blood clots I was talking about last episode. Now, these are the ones that I'm talking about that are white and they're being found in a lot of the autopsies being performed on people that just quote unquote died suddenly. He sent me a great medical study. I want to say thank you, Albatore. That was some good information. And as with everything else, it really depends on what source you find to do the research. So I read the study he sent me and I read a Medical Express article he sent, but then I went to the Steve Kirch website. Now, from what I gather, these strange blood clots are amyloids, which are basically like misfolded proteins. And when these proteins misfold, they clump up and become completely incompatible with life. So, yeah, like I said, some research is saying it's from specifically the spike protein found in COVID. And some people are saying it's specific spike protein found in the Kabobo vaccination. I don't know if there's a consensus on it yet. Maybe it's fucking both. I don't know. But there's a lot of good information out there. Just read all sides of it, just so you kind of know what's going on. And once again, thank you for the info, Albiter. I appreciate it. Now, I know we have a lot of UK listeners, so this one is kind of for you guys. I think at this point, most of the world has heard that the new prime minister is going to be Arishi Sunak. Well, check this shit out. This was posted to the conspiracy subreddit on July 9th. It starts off by saying, England, be prepared. A British Indian by the name of Rishi Sunak will be England's next Prime Minister. At my USG job right before Christmas, our bosses had us register a domain www.readyforishi.com. You can look this up yourselves on the date. Yesterday, Boris Johnson resigned and we were tasked to wire money to a Panamanian law firm to pay two organizations, SLG Group and Black Cube to remove all anti-South Asian and anti-Indian information on mainstream social media platforms and to promote pro-immigrant and pro-British Indian vibe on the interwebs. They will also make sure Wales, Northern Ireland, and Scotland remain unified under one global mentality sentiment. I'm a pretty mid-level dude at my work, but when we went to Davos in May, this guy was getting wooed by every banker and world leader. Homie will not be elected. He has been chosen and approved by the powers that rule this realm. He is also a board member of the World Economic Forum under Klaus Schwab. So how did this motherfucker, July 9th at 1248 AM, how did he know all of this? Because it's basically come true at this point. So sorry about that, UK. It looks like you guys got yourself a Klaus Schwab shill running your shit now. Now, while we're on the topic of international fuckery, check this out you guys australian banks begin linking customer transactions to carbon footprint this is literally the beginning stages of social credit now more specifically australia's commonwealth bank cba has partnered with kogo a carbon management solutions company to launch a new feature which part of the cba's online banking platform the bank is going to give customers the option to quote pay a fee to offset their carbon footprint, with the average listed as 1,280 kilograms, a long way from the quote-unquote sustainable figure of 200 kilograms. So, as a person's carbon footprint is calculated, and then an equivalent metric is shown to make the customer feel guilty about it, such as eight trees being cut down because you blow dried your hair, because you went to go eat at fucking some restaurant. According to ComBank Group Executive Angus Sullivan, he says that, quote, By combining our rich customer data and Kogo's industry-leading capability in measuring carbon outputs, we will be able to provide greater transparency for customers so that they can take actionable steps to reduce their environmental footprint. Get the fuck out of here. Corporations cause way more carbon output than fucking people, just single families. This is just the most ridiculous thing ever. Right now, it's just kind of being toted as like a fun, quirky thing that people can do. But you know how these things go. It sets a precedent. Let's do this now, six months down the line. Where does it go? One day it could become mandatory and place limits on purchases of customers who exceed their carbon allowance. I mean, it's not that crazy of an idea. A proposal like that was presented in the science journal Nature by four environmental quote-unquote experts as a means of reducing global carbon emissions. Everyone would be issued with a carbon allowance card that would entail all adults receiving an equal tradable carbon allowance that reduces over time in line with national targets. The authors make it clear that the program would be a national mandatory policy. So that's probably the angle with all this bullshit. Like, let's start it all soft and nice. You can choose to be in the program, but then it's going to become mandatory. Then your shit's going to be cut off and you're not going to be able to do what you want to do. Australia, you guys need to get the fuck out of there or do something about your government. They are out of control. But shit, so is our government, so is the UK and Canada. So maybe we're all fucked. We're all fucked together. So now on to some crazy nutjob conspiracy theory news. Now, check this out. I don't know, I think I've talked about it, but it was hella days ago. There's like this quote-unquote conspiracy theory that there is a video by the name of Drip, and what I think it's actually titled is Frazzled, and then rip, like frazzled.rip, and people are just retarded, and they're saying Drip. But anyway, so what this whole like theory states is that a video found on the laptop of former Democratic Congressman Anthony Weiner who's the fucking pervert that was sexting a minor in 2017. And after this was found on his laptop, it became circulating on the dark web. Most people will tell you it's just a kooky QAnon conspiracy theory. Anybody who believes this shit is insane. I personally, until today had never heard of a first person account of somebody seeing this video. But thanks to Business Insider, I think we have our first taker. Check this shit out. They're talking about a TikTok moderator who was literally paid like $10 a day and had to scroll through child abuse, gun violence and just a bunch of nasty shit and remove it because they were a moderator. The story goes on to interview a guy named Lewis, who's 28 years old and worked the night shift moderating videos for TikTok. He listed to the outlet the kind of content he sees regularly. Murder, suicide, pedophilia, pornographic content, accidents, cannibalism. But check this out, you guys. He recalled seeing one video taken at a party with two people holding what initially looks like pieces of meat. But when they turned around, it appeared they were holding skin and gristle filleted off human faces. Quote, the worst things with the friends were playing games and started using the human face as masks. So this is definitely the first time I've had a first person account of somebody actually seeing this video. I've heard about it from fucking five years, but it's always like, no, I heard about it from a person who saw the video, but I didn't see it. Always some bullshit like that. But the general premises of the story is always the same. It's found on Weiner's fucking laptop, a fucking pervert that's married to Huma Abedin, or whatever the fuck her name is, Hillary Clinton's little lapdog-in-waiting. And supposedly the two people in this video are Hillary Clinton and Huma. So like I said, I haven't seen it, but now Business Insider kind of just confirmed that this shit's out there. I don't think I'm going to go searching for it. I've seen enough fucked up videos on the internet to probably last me three lifetimes. But I don't know. If I do find it, come across it, I'll make sure to give you guys a link. Before we get on to the FDA trying to fucking kill people story, I just need to tell you about a story I found on newyorkpost.com. So apparently, there's a little notice federal lawsuit. It's Missouri versus Biden. Is uncovering astonishing evidence of an entrenched censorship scheme cooked up between federal government and Big Tech that would make communist China proud. Check this out you guys. So far 67 officials or agencies including the FBI Fed Boys, have been accused in the lawsuit of violating the First Amendment by pressuring Facebook, Twitter, and Google to censor users for alleged misinformation or disinformation. I mean, there's like the big ones that everybody knows about now, knows that it's not crazy conspiracy theory, is the Hunter Biden laptop, which was suppressed by Facebook and Twitter in October 2020. After the FBI went to Facebook, warning it with to watch out for a, quote, dump of Russian disinformation pertaining to Joe Biden, with an uncanny resemblance to the alleged laptop story. So the Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, who's leading this lawsuit, said, quote, We alleged that top-ranking Biden administration officials colluded with those social media companies to suppress speech about the Hunter Biden laptop story, the origins of COVID-19, the efficacy of masks, and election integrity. So basically everything that I've been fucking screaming from the rooftops about since 2020, everything that we were called crazy conspiracy theorists for, it's fucking gonna all come out in this like lawsuit the mainstream media is not even paying attention to. So check this out, guys. The censorship related to alleged quote misinformation about pandemic lockdowns, vaccines, and COVID-19 and included material from the esteemed infectious disease epidemiologists and public health scientists associated with the Great Barrington Declaration, which proved over time to be correct and eventually much of it was adopted as official policy by the cdc so specifically fbi special agents elvis chan and laura dumlow who gave facebook that detailed quote-unquote disinformation briefing right before the story of hunter biden's pervy little laptop was censored white house press secretaries anthony fauci the president's chief medical advisor and former white house senior covid 19 advisor andrew slavitt Cancelled President Biden, Dana Remus, the DHS over the disbanded disinformation governance board, the cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency, the FDA, the State Department, and the U.S. Election Assistance Commission. So they're fucking going to war and you think this shit would be on the news like a lot or something, but no. It's just like one little story in the New York Post and probably because they were the ones that were straight up censored about Hunter Biden's laptop because they broke the story on that. And basically all these big tech motherfuckers in the White House colluded to make it look like New York Post was just lying, making up stories for the Russians. Now, obviously, we don't know how the lawsuit's going to turn out. Who who fucking knows? At this point, I'm like 99% convinced our entire justice system is just a fucking shit show kangaroo court nightmare. Now I'm gonna tell you about a couple of doctors who found treatments for cancer, and I'm talking like rare brain cancer, stuff that no other doctor had ever cured. And these doctors somehow came up with a cure, but the FDA spent $60 million, and that's just for one of the trials, one of the grand juries. They went after this doctor for 20 years. And finally, as of December 2021, the FDA lifted a ban on Dr. Brzezinski's cancer cure. I'm also going to tell you about another doctor from the 50s who had found a different type of treatment for cancer, and he started to write a book about everything he had learned. And check this out. This is back in the day. This was his only copy. He had just finished writing this book. And his new secretary came by and said, oh, I can take that to the printers for you. Well, she disappeared with his book and he ended up dead. But we're going to start with Dr. Brzezinski and the FDA. Dr. Brzezinski established his clinic in 1977. And now at this point, it has grown to be a nationally and internationally recognized cancer center that provides advanced, cutting-edge cancer treatment. For over 40 years, Dr. Brzezinski's cancer research and patient care has been inspired by the philosophy of the physician Hippocrates First, do no harm. Therefore, the approach to the treatment is personalized in an attempt to maximize effectiveness and minimize side effects for each patient. Now, before I get into the whole story of what happened, let me just read you some bullshit off Wikipedia. It starts off by saying the Brzezinski Clinic is a controversial clinic. Offering unproven cancer treatments. It was founded in 1976 and is located in Texas, in the United States. It's best known for the controversial antineoplastin therapy. Antineoplastin is Brzezinski's term for a group of urine derived peptides, peptide derivatives, and mixtures that Brzezinski named to use in his cancer treatment. And it says there's no accepted scientific evidence of benefit from anti-neoplastin combinations for various diseases. Obviously, this article has not been updated because the FDA finally did lift a band on some of his medications. And what's crazy is these neoplastins, they are natural. What Dr. Brzezinski figured out is healthy people, meaning people without cancer, have these peptides in their urine and their blood while people with cancer are lacking those peptides so he theorized if he was able to harvest these peptides from healthy people and put those peptides into the people with cancer he thought he might be able to help them and he was right he had a lot of success for many years But the Texas Medical Board came after him. The FDA was relentless in pursuing him. I mean, this shit went all the way up to the Texas Supreme Court. But let's go back to 1970. That's when he received funding from the National Cancer Institute for his work as an investigator and assistant professor at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. During this time, he authored and co-authored 16 publications, including five detailing his work on naturally occurring human peptides and their effect on cancer, four of which were co-authored by investigators associated with the MD Anderson Cancer Center or the Baylor College School of Medicine. In 1977, Dr. Brzezinski actually received a certificate of appreciation from the Baylor College of Medicine that acknowledged his contributions to the advancement of medical education, research, and healthcare. care. So Brzezinski goes on to establish his clinic in Houston, Texas. And now at this point in time, 8,000 patients have received treatment at the clinic, including more than 2,300 cancer patients who have been treated and FDA-reviewed Institutional Review Board approved clinical trials. So, like I was saying earlier, anti neoplastins are responsible for curing some of the most incurable forms of terminal cancer. Earlier, I was talking about this extremely rare, deadly form of cancer called diffuse intrinsic childhood brainstem gli- glioma. And after using the anti neoplastins on this patient, it was the first time in a scientifically controlled clinical trial in the history of medicine that actually cured this type of cancer, saving that child's life. And this was back in the day in the 90s. This kid is now in his 30s and he's married, he's a firefighter and all of that. For 14 years, the FDA came at Dr. Brzezinski. The Texas Medical Board came after him. Brzezinski's ability to cure what was considered incurable cancer, has completely baffled the industry. And ironically, this fact had prompted numerous investigations by the Texas Medical Board, who took Dr. Brzezinski as high as the state Supreme Court in their failed attempt to get his medical license revoked. The FDA engaged in four federal grand juries spanning over a decade attempting to indict Dr. Brzezinski, all of which, oh my God, fucking waste of money, ended in no finding a fault on his behalf. In 1995, Dr. Brzezinski was indicted with the fifth grand jury. It resulted in two federal trials and two sets of jurors finding him not guilty of any wrongdoing. You guys, he faced up to 290 years and $18.5 million in fines if he was found guilty. Now, pretty much this was just the FDA and Big Pharma trying to silence Brzezinski. There is so much money wrapped up in cancer research, cancer treatment. It's just a fucking racket like everything else with the FDA. There are a lot of board certified oncologists, surgeons, and neurosurgeons that believe in Brzezinski's clinic and his methods. Dr. Brzezinski has actually mapped the cancer genome and pioneered an expansion of his therapy, which he calls personalized gene-targeted cancer therapy, where the patient's genomic cancer atlas is mapped and a treatment regime is personally tailored to each individual patient. Now, while the FDA was coming after Dr. Brzezinski, so many patients' treatments had to stop. Now, since the FDA threw so many obstacles in Brzezinski's FDA approval of antineoplastins, many patients died. But now that he has the personalized gene-targeted direction, it's allowed more patients to get this treatment that are saving their lives. And you guys, cancer rates are exploding right now. And chemotherapy is a fucking poison. Radiation is straight up radiation. And check this out, you guys. My grandma, who is like boosted and all that stupid shit, was just diagnosed with breast cancer. Breast cancer does not run in my family whatsoever, and I'm 98% sure that this is directly related to those clot shot poison injections. In Japan, they have actually done independent design studies of anti-neoplastins, and it's been this way for 27 years. Without Brzezinski's involvement or supervision. But they're doing it and they're saving lives there. Now, Big Pharma owned FDA was able to block Antioplastins phase three clinical process and orchestrate a group of quote unquote information hitmen, just shills for Big Pharma, putting bad press out about anti-neoplastins and Dr. Brzezinski. Dr. Brzezinski has spent over $2 million on his defense from the FDA and the Texas Medical Board. The FDA spent $60 million of taxpayer money trying to get this guy indicted by a grand jury. It's absolutely mind blowing, but then I guess it's really not since we know how big pharma operates. They want money, they want profits. And if you're actually curing cancer, there's not going to be big profits in that. The big profits are at continuing the treatment, drawing out some chemotherapy and whatever other disgusting shit they try to poison you with. It's really big business. That's the crazy thing. And I, most people don't think about it, don't research, don't know. I don't know what the fucking answer is on that. But how does, how, do, how does one single human on earth right now not have at least a little bit of suspicions about our FDA? and National Institute of Health. I was actually reading a story earlier today about how the National Institute of Health in 2004 got busted for testing experimental AIDS treatments on New York City orphans. No fucking shit. It's not a conspiracy. I will post up a link so you can read about it. But a lot of these kids died. They fucking gave these kids AZT, which was a failed chemo drug. It wasn't even, it was rejected. By the FDA as a cancer drug because it was so toxic. So what does Fauci do? He repurposes it as an AIDS treatment and gives it to orphans, literal orphan children. It is absolutely insane what the fuck these disgusting predators are allowed to get away with. If you go online, there's a website called Brzezinski And it's all of these people that Dr. Brzezinski had saved that had terminal cancer, that their other doctors either gave up on them or suggested they do some very risky radiation and chemotherapy. And these people are alive and well today. These were children. A lot of these people were children that had very rare and inoperable forms of cancer that there was no treatment for. But they're alive. They have families now because Dr. Brzezinski did not give up and he fought those bureaucratic twats the entire way. There's also another kind of a newer theory about treating cancer with anti-worm drug, and specifically the drug called finbindazole, or panicure. It's basically a remedy for parasitic worm infections in dogs, and finbindazole is an antithelmintic, which just means anti-worm, drug that has been in circulation since the 70s. But in recent years, they've found that it is fighting cancer. According to the World Health Organization, nearly one out of six deaths in humans is caused by cancer. Cancer is defined as uncontrolled growth of cells in various parts of the body. So what they're saying on how this works is, Pinbindazole acts as a moderate microtubule destabilizing agent and causes cancer cell death by modulating multiple cellular pathways. Pinbindazole was originally designed to cure parasites, and by the method of action, it stops the polymerization of tubulin dimmers in cells of parasites, and it causes the parasite's death. It seems that finbindazole, as well as other Bendimidazzles, exhibit a similar effect against tumor cells. Today, it's thought that there are three main mechanisms in which finbindazole kills cancer. Now, I'm not going to get all into these fucking ways it stops cancer, but it seems very promising, and you can get this, and it's safe. It's a safe drug. Don't try to let anybody convince you that it's a horse dewormer or some stupid shit like that. People have been talking about this type of treatment for cancer for quite a while now. But why isn't it out there for the masses? Why are doctors still recommending chemo and radiation? My grandma's literally going in for a mastectomy and radiation and chemotherapy. This is where it's hitting home with me. If you guys have people in your family that you care about that have cancer, maybe bring these options up to them. Maybe you'd be like, hey, let's think of an alternative way to try to treat this. Nutrition is extremely important in cancer patients. I'm going to leave a link to the Finbindazole website because it gives you dosage levels. It basically breaks down exactly how this drug attacks cancer and how safe it is. So look for that in the show notes if you want more information. Now I'm gonna tell you about the murder of Max Gerson. So in the mid 1950s, after spending his entire life researching and creating a modality that practically put an end to all major diseases of the 20th century, including cancer, Max Gerson was quietly putting together 30 plus years of his work into a book. Then along came his new secretary, an efficient woman who looked after things, and was just what he needed at that time to manage his clinic, his outpatient work, new patients, and document his findings in a massive book. Then just as he finished the manuscript, his secretary took off with it, taking the only copy he had, the original. That's when Max got even more bad news. He found out he was suffering from massive arsenic poisoning, probably a parting gift from his secretary. Even though in advanced age, His healthy approach to curing modern disease was enough to stave off this poisoning attack, allowing him to recreate from scratch all of his work. The book is entitled Max Gerson, A Cancer Therapy, Results of 50 Cases. Once the book was published, he found out that yet again he had been poisoned by a person or persons unknown. But unfortunately, this time they gave him such a massive dose that it actually killed him. His colleague, Dr. Albert Schweitzer, said this of Dr. Gerson. I see in Dr. Max Gerson, one of the most eminent geniuses in medical history. Basically, the Gerson method now is considered the granddaddy of metabolic therapy for cancer. So doctors now have taken his ideas and expanded upon them. But why was he murdered? Why was he poisoned twice? Like. Is this some Rockefeller shit? Because, you know, the Rockefellers are all up in the cancer societies, all up in the medical system, just trying to make more money. So you guys, I'm sure everybody here has known someone with cancer, but do you actually know what it is? I mean, I didn't, and I even had to study this shit in school. I had to study chemotherapy. So let me just kind of break it down. Cancer is a mitochondrial disease. A cell gets overwhelmed with damage and a dysfunctional mitochondria means that the proper energy and signaling pathways to help the cell either recover or undergo apoptosis. Our cells have the proper mechanisms to repair DNA damage, well, most kinds, but when they don't have the energy to do it, mutations build up and cancer becomes likely to develop. So like I've said 80 billion times here, the FDA and CDC answer to big pharma big pharma is the outgrowth of corrupt eugenics obsessed rockefeller interests and the massive criminal nazi backing german dye trust ig farben all of the money from the health industry goes into the medical monopoly and the drug trust interestingly enough though the rockefellers control every major drug company in the world and when i say control i mean directly They have among the directors and officials of the 18 largest drug companies in the world, you guys. They have men from Chase Manhattan Bank, from Exxon Oil Company, and so forth. When you go to a doctor and he says, oh, you have cancer, he says, I really can't do anything for you, but I'm going to give you a lot of treatment. It's going to cost you a lot of money, a lot of pain, your hair is going to fall out, and you're going to wish you were just dead sooner rather than later. But meanwhile, we'll get all your money. This is called cancer treatment in the United States. The fact that all of these people died from chemo, that radiation, and these ridiculous poisoning treatments, it hasn't discouraged the doctors at all. I mean, the fact that the treatment kills you never discouraged any doctor yet. And check this part out. The American Cancer Society is a big, rich organization. And if you remember that it was founded by the Union League Club in New York City, the wealthiest club in New York by John D. Rockefeller Jr. See, John D. Rockefeller Jr. was a great philanthropist. And he said, quote, We are going to do something about cancer. So I'm founding and I'm putting up the money for the American Cancer Society. The Rockefeller family has a long-term commitment to cancer. The founder of the dynasty, old John D. father, William Rockefeller, was a carnival sideshow barker who sold bottles of mineral oil for $5 apiece, and he advertised himself as a great cancer specialist. So he sold these all up and down through Pennsylvania and Ohio when he wasn't running from the law because he was also a very famous horse thief. He also had 18 warrants out against him for rape. You guys, literal rape. So a total piece of shit. And so John D. Rockefeller, his son, was just the opposite because he was so horrified by his father, his father's escapades, that he led a very bougie life, a very quiet, a very good family life, and devoted himself to making money. But he found out that at least his father had one asset, and that was making money through cancer cures, and they knew it was a surefire thing. So the Rockefeller family today is a dynasty that is behind all these cancer treatments in the United States through the Sloan-Kettering Cancer Mausoleum in New York City. You guys, it's fucking ridiculous. I'm so sick of like these rich megalomaniac psychopaths that only care about money and power. It's like, where the fuck did they lose their souls at? Ugh. All right, you guys, that is about it for this week's episode. Before I get out of here, I have to say what's up to our top three downloading states, which is California, Illinois, and Texas. And then as far as our international peeps, we've got the UK, Australia, Canada, and Ireland is on the list. That's what's up, you guys. Thank you for listening. Hit me up at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com if you have any ideas or rabbit holes I should dive down or if you want a copy of any of the articles I talk about on my show. So until next week, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.